As y'all are being seated, would you just take a moment to give thanks to our team up here and the team back there who lead us so well. When I have the opportunity to be involved directly on a Sunday morning like this, I'm always so impressed uh, with the people that God has brought to serve us, and, and the vast majority of them are unpaid. They do it as volunteers. They do it because they love you. They do it because they love the Lord and His Word. And so as you see them back there as you're passing by, just continue to remember to, to give a word of thanks to them. That's a, a great blessing to us all. Well, if you're one of those people who likes to be told what passage to turn to, you can turn to Proverbs 2. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to be briefly there, and then like we've been in this series on Proverbs, we're going to be all, all over the place. Uh, while you're doing that, I'll introduce myself. My name is Pat Coyle. I have had the privilege of serving on staff now 27 years. And wow, and <laughs> I, have some, I have some fan club down here. Um, so no, and prior to that, uh, this morning we had a baby dedication of a, a Davison, okay, a fourth generation Davison. The Davison family, the Lunsford family, my family, a uh, very small number of others had the great joy of being a part of Grace Bible Church in the 60s when it was formed. And that was just a really sweet reminder of, uh, for me personally, but just also for the church of how faithful he's been. Uh, to this church for these many years. Um, so yeah, went, I grew up at Grace, moved away to San Antonio, met my wife Jeannie in San Antonio. We moved back here in 1996, and uh, all of our kids have been raised uh, here at Grace Bible Church here in Bryan College Station. All the young staff put their baby pictures up. Well, these are my babies, okay? Uh, this was at my son David's wedding last month to the beautiful Hallie Reed in the middle there, and uh, my daughter Katie and my daughter Lexi to the right there, and uh, we had a great, great celebration at that wedding. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to gain a daughter-in-law. Jeannie and I feel very, very, very blessed, and it was wonderful to celebrate them. Uh, right in the wake of this wonderful occasion, we who were empty nesters and enjoying the freedoms of being uh, empty nesters adopted another baby. This is Zoe. <laughs> This is Zoe, and Zoe is a wonderful, sweet, you see, she's a beautiful little dog, but she has very sharp teeth, endless energy, she likes to bite, you know, we're, all, we're going all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what have we done to ourselves? And what's interesting in the preparation of a message on parenting is the number of parallels to, now I'm not saying my children are animals or anything like that, right, but, but the number of parallels in, in just helping this little find their way to wisdom and, and the whole thing of parenting. But just a very interesting uh, uh, renewal of that life lesson uh, for us. So that's, that's an introduction of the family. And um, I'm just going to confess that uh, at any time, uh, standing up and giving a whole sermon on parenting is, is a humbling and a, and a daunting task. Um, the the it just, it just is, you know, and it's so much to talk about. We're going to talk about a lot today, uh, but there's just this sense of humility as I approach the whole thing. Um, the, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to the fathers here. Um, the, the interesting thing is you'll, you'll see in the Proverbs as we read most of them, they're, they're mostly addressed to men and fathers. Uh, that's largely just to do with the context, the cultural context in which they were written, but I think it also underscores the crucial role of fathers in good parenting, and really want to speak a, a good bit to that this morning as well, and say, dads, do not abdicate that role of parenting uh, to the, the mothers, but uh, join in and be active 
and be an important part of that. And moms, this is for you today as well. It's not just because it's worded to the men. It's not just for the men. So uh, the title, Parenting Wisdom, I kind of has two. I kind of had two meanings in mind. There, we need if we're parenting, we need parenting wisdom, right? We need wisdom for parenting. Okay, but parenting in the Proverbs is also about parenting wisdom. You get the point? Parenting wisdom into our children in the way that we parent. And so we're going to unpack that really, really thoroughly together this morning. So I wanted to go to some quotes of some folks that you may or may not know. And the first one, everybody loves Raymond, right? Ray, Ray Romano. Uh, the humor of the topic, having children is like living in a frat house. Nobody sleeps, everything's broken, and there's a lot of throwing up. If you've been involved in parenting in any way, shape, or form, you know how true that is. Okay, the honor of the topic. Life affords no greater responsibility, no greater privilege than the raising up of the next generation. That would be, for all of us who parent or encouraging parents, that should be uh, our view, the weight and the honor of that. Dr. Coop was the uh, Surgeon General many years ago. Uh, Barbara Kingsolver is a, a novelist. Kids don't stay with you if you do it right. It's the one job where the better you are, the more surely you won't be needed in the long run. And that's also a good, important reminder of the, of the duration of parenting and the fact that we don't have a lot of time uh, uh, to, to do what the Lord has called us to do. And then uh, the terror of the topic, that might be hyperbole there, but parenting is the greatest single preserve of the amateur. So there's this big preserve of parents uh, who are involved in various stages and we're all amateurs because there's just this sense of the, uh, uh, the overwhelmingness of it and the fact that we don't, we don't feel like they come with an instruction book, right? So um, in the handful of quotes that we just looked at, there's humor and there's helplessness uh, there's importance, uh, there's that weight, uh, but what we need is practicality and specificity and clarity. We need instruction. And uh, also, I just want to say to all of these quotes, you know, I saw everybody kind of sitting up and, and, and tuning in and, and listening, and that's great, but for some, you may have heard the topic parenting, and topic parenting, and you're starting to tune out a little bit. I want to ask you not to tune out, to remember uh, that all of us in this room can be in, categorized into one of two groups. Uh, we've either been parented, for good or for ill, we've either been parented or we're parenting. And so we all have experience with parenting in one way, shape, or form or another. Uh, and I pray that you won't hear that and tune out because I think this is really for everyone. We are all, uh, hopefully, in the body of Christ and in the uh, work that we do, the various things, the ways that we live. We are a friend or relative of parents. We may be a future parent. We may be a young person still being parented. Uh, a more mature young person who's stepping out of their own or should be stepping out on their own. We've all got something to gain today, so I really want to ask you uh, to tune in. And as we do, we're going to lay the foundation, first of all, just with a refresher on some important points from the book of Proverbs. First of all, what is Proverbs' purpose? In Proverbs 1 verse 2, we've looked at this within the last few weeks, uh, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, or in the words of the message, so we'll know how to live well and right to understand what life means and where it's going. It's a nice little paraphrase of the, of the purpose of Proverbs. So, wisdom, this thing that Proverbs is after, is, we've defined it as uh, knowledge skillfully applied to life. Knowledge skillfully applied to life. Not just knowledge, but it's knowledge applied in skillful, wise ways. In the book, as you Go through it, as we've been doing over the last several weeks. You see that the wise have these characteristics or these facets 
to them. Wise people have discernment, they have character, they have knowledge, they have skill. A wonderful combination of life skill sets. We also see there are the unwise, those who have not gotten it, okay? And the unwise are generally categorized as the youthful or naive, uh, mockers who make fun of life wisdom. They don't really take anything seriously. And then fools. And fools would be those who've kind of rounded the corner into their own ways, uh, not really accepting uh, God's ways, not really accepting just the wise ways of society. They, 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 what is right is what is right in their own eyes. And, and it's interesting, we were talking about this last night at the table. We had all the kids over, and uh, the, the, youthful, the youthfulness is it's really probably just naivety, right? It's really just uh, they don't quite get things. We were, uh, our son David was recounting uh, an instance, and I can't remember the particulars, but he had been well-raised by his mother to know that cups and glasses go on coasters, right? Um, and I think she found him, like, tossing his sippy cup. He's that young enough for sippy Tossing his sippy cup at a table, just throwing it, you know? And the, the great line of parenting, what are you thinking? You know, what, what on earth are you doing? Uh, he, he, he thought in his mind somehow that, that the cup and the coaster were naturally attracted to each other or something like that. And, you know, he could just throw it and it would land there, you know? And he was testing that theorem, I guess. Uh, but, it, you know, so there was some harm, you know, maybe a dent in the table, maybe some splashes from the sippy cup or whatever, uh, but uh, no, no real danger. It was just youthfulness. It was a lack of understanding. He needed instruction. He needed warning not to do that again, <laughs> uh, various things. So we're going to unpack uh, uh, the progression, hopefully, uh, uh, from the youthful uh, and hopefully avoiding the mocker and certainly uh, avoiding the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the fool. So um, wisdom being the goal leads to success, good life, well-being, health, Soul saved is often a reference in the Proverbs. Wisdom grows the youth, corrects the fool, hopefully, uh, and sobers the mocker, making one wise. That's, that's how wisdom works uh, in this whole area of parenting. So one other important refresher from our prior lessons on Proverbs is uh, illustrated by Proverbs 22.6. Now, remember we said that Proverbs are general maxims. They're general truths. They are not intended to be promises or absolute cause and effect type statements. And this one is really famous in the realm of parenting. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Sadly, I know some parents of adult children who, who have departed from their faith or have departed into various unwise ways of life where those parents had really done their best. The point is not that every single time it works precisely that way. The point is that as parents uh, starting out if we will invest in this way, training up our children, then we will generally see them moving in the direction of wisdom and away from those other unwise practices. So, uh, last week, uh, Benjamin was talking about uh, choices and decision-making, and he began with the idea that you uh, want to have values or purpose undergirding your choices and actions, so that when you make Choices and actions, they are made on the basis of good uh, purposes, good reasons, thoughtful forethought, okay? And so we want to practice that today and because parenting is full of choices, right? Parenting is full of decision-making. So what is parenting's purpose? What is your purpose in parenting? What's your answer to that question? I want you to think about it. We're not going to shout out answers, but uh, think about that for a moment. What are the things that you see as purposeful 
uh, reasons in the way that you parent, backing up the way that you parent. Hopefully, as, as Christians, as believers in Christ, you said, you know, to uh, raise a Christian child, for my child to be a Christian, and that's, that's well done. Uh, you probably thought of some other things, uh, some more maybe wisdom, which is what we're talking about today, uh, perhaps some things like a good education, to, to, to have them be well-educated, to experience well-being, uh, success, uh, uh, some, some academic and sports success, uh, some think that way, creating stability, not a bad thing, but all of their life is not going to be stable, so you want to really evaluate your purposes, uh, and so uh, uh, even if you wouldn't say some of the things like sports and academics, um, I do want you to think about the way that your actions in parenting towards your children might communicate to them that your purpose for them is that they be a great athlete or they be a great academician or they be uh, something other than, than the most important things. The society around us, the world around us is going to direct us uh, toward wrong purposes for our kids. It just happens naturally. It's the pressures around us, the environment in which we're parenting. And I want to just say, as we embark on this discussion, watch out for that. Keep, keep your eye on that. And it's not always that you're thinking that is your goal in parenting, but you're parenting in such a way that it's communicating to your child that that's your goal. We don't want to give the world's answers to this question. We want to give the best answers to this question. So, we're in Proverbs. What does Proverbs say about this? <laughs> now we're going to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 2 that I had you turn to. This is the first, uh, first five verses. Uh, they're on the slide also. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment and lift your voice for understanding... If you seek for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. Consistent with itself, Proverbs tells us that children, and we all, need wisdom, which is solidly grounded in relationship with God and primarily through the knowing of His Word. In the Old Testament context, it would be His commandments. The context of knowing God through His Word, we need wisdom. And that is what Proverbs would answer. Instilling wisdom would be the answer to the question, what is the purpose of parenting? So we're going to spend the rest of our time looking at Proverbs' path, toward, uh, uh, path of parenting toward wisdom. Parenting wisdom, as we said at the beginning. And first, we discover that on that path, there are some obstacles to God's purposes on this pathway. What are the roadblocks to wisdom in God's Word? Well, first of all, every new model of child, when it comes off the assembly line, has a defect, okay? <laughs> and that's a, the biblical principle of depravity, the idea, God says in his word, that we are, uh, as, as Jeremiah says in the passage there, uh, our heart is deceitful, we are desperately sick. We are characterized by the sin nature that is in humanity. That's, that's a pretty bad uh, roadblock to wisdom, right? Secondly, foolishness, that, that bad character, uh, in the characters of the unwise, foolishness is uh, the natural bent of the sinner. If we are left to our own ways in sin, we, we, we bend toward foolishness. We bend toward that least wise possible path. And then finally, uh, left to themselves, uh, children, human beings left to themselves, it gets even worse. A child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. 
that doesn't seem all that consequential to us in this day and age. Being shamed, your mother will, you know, she can get over it or whatever. But in the ancient Near Eastern context that the Proverbs were written, uh, and, and some of you may be from uh, other countries where shame, uh, shame basis to the society uh, is, is a kind of a prominent characteristic, shame was the worst. Bringing, bringing shame on the family was the worst. And so the idea of this proverb is when you continually give uh, over to a child's own way, <clears throat> what are they going to go? They're going to go toward that mindset of a fool that is everything that I see is right. Everything that is right is right in my own eyes. Everything, is in my, my, everything in my eyes that is right is right. My own way. I'm God, basically. Uh, and that is consequentially in this context a bringing on of, of shame to the family. If over time gratification of their own way is given over and over, it's going to lead to a shameful life. And that's bad. So there are some bad roadblocks on the pathway uh, to wisdom. So how do we kind of clear the roadblocks and get on the way? What, is, what does Proverbs have to say to us? The pathway to wisdom. Uh, I'm going to revisit Proverbs 22:15 from a minute ago. Uh, we read, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Uh, from the message, uh, young people are prone to foolishness and fads. The rest of that verse is the cure comes through tough-minded discipline. So what's the key word in Proverbs on the way to wisdom? It's going to be discipline. To get on the way, get the roadblocks out of the way, uh, there is this need uh, for this thing called discipline. So we need to talk a bit about discipline. What is it? How do we get there? And again, Proverbs has a lot to tell us. Where does discipline begin? Discipline begins uh, first and foremost in the power of the Spirit. And I want to talk for a moment because some of you may be new to grace, you may be new to what we teach, uh, but we want to go back to that, that moment ago when I was talking about the sinfulness of all of our hearts. Uh, the Bible teaches and affirms, and we believe that uh, we, we have this problem called sin. We are imperfect beings, and the God who desires fellowship with his creation uh, is a God of grace, but he is also perfect, and we are not, and light cannot have fellowship with darkness. There is a separation between us and our desire to be in relationship with God and his desire to be in relationship with us, and that is called sin. We can't solve our sin problem. We can't be good enough. We can't be good enough parents. We can't be good enough churchgoers. We cannot be good enough to measure up to the holiness of God. So God in his grace, the loving father that he is, as Corby so beautifully uh, painted for us in worship, uh, made a way, uh, extending himself, sending his own son, Jesus, to come to this earth, live a perfect life, uh, not as an example, as so many would say, but so he would be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Going to the cross, he took our sins upon himself so that that, that, that punishment that we deserve could be uh, put on him. And the way to extend that forgiveness for our sin into our hearts, into our lives, is to trust in him. Not trust in our church going, not trust in our good deeds, but trust in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins. And uh, so we have that, the forgiveness of our sins. We have that hope of eternal life. But also, the Bible affirms the promise of the Holy Spirit. He sends his spirit to dwell inside of us <clears throat> in obedience to God's commands. Obedience as a young person, obedience as an older person, becomes an issue then of his spirit being able to work through us. Not of our own power, but him working through us. 
uh, so that we can live a life by his power and independence upon him that is pleasing to him. If those things are true, if that saving faith in Christ in the presence of the Spirit is true, both in the parent and the child, your ability, your capacity to live out any of these other things that we're going to talk about is exponentially better because you're being provided the provision uh, uh, of, of what God has given. Um, so, faith in Christ. If that's a new thing to you today, that's the, the first step, is to turn to Jesus by faith and say, I trust you. I trust you and no longer my own ways. I want to walk uh, a life of faith and trust in you. Uh, then secondly, there needs to be a pur- purposefulness of pursuing what we're going to call discipline and how we're going to unpack, unpack that. You need to learn as parents, parenting right now, you need to decide what, what are going to be our means, what's going to be our way of, of using discipline to uh, encourage on the way to wisdom. You need to agree. If you're a single parent, uh, you have a team of people, grandparents, friends, caregivers around you. You want to have their agreement as well. If you're parenting as a couple, you first need that agreement between the two of you and then also in the community around you. But agree and then stick with it. Consistency is a very, very important uh, factor just in terms of general wisdom and also in the Proverbs. The most important thing, though, is to understand what it really is. What is discipline? Because we have a lot of ideas in our minds when we hear that word. And again, I want to look at what Proverbs' perspective is on uh, discipline and unpack that for you a little bit. So basically in Proverbs, you see uh, three intensifying stages or, or concepts or facets of discipline. It begins with instruction the knowledge, general knowledge, as well as the knowledge of the word, uh, warning, which is exhortation or rebuke or uh, correction, and then uh, consequences. Uh, and that would involve uh, uh, more, the, the idea of punishment or chastisement. And again, we're going to talk specifically about what we mean and don't mean uh, by that. So let's look at each of those individually. <clears throat> Excuse me, discipline via instruction. Okay, this is... Uh, Proverbs 4.1, hear, O children, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding, for I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. This is uh, the, the form of discipline that involves pointing to the excellence of biblical teaching toward life lived well. It can also be pointing towards common sense of life, but again, we're really focused on the, the teaching of God's word. Uh, the, the verses speak of, uh, of this being done in the home, it being a very, very important facet in the home. And parents and encouragers of parents, you want to encourage the, 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 the fellowshipping of, maybe a meal around, different things where you can center together as a family on what God's Word teaches. But it also involves involvement in the church body. I'm just going to step away from the text for a minute and just talk about our experience in a church like this, uh, raising uh, children, the the, the all four of the kids that you saw uh, on that photo were um, uh, involved in Grace Youth and became leaders in various forms of Grace Yes, yes, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> became leaders of, of Grace Youth. And uh, that's because of something Jeannie and I noticed very early on, uh, and that is the amazing college students that um, serve. And if you're a student in this room and you're serving in various ways, the families of this church, God bless you. Thank you. We need you. From the earliest ages in children's ministry and then on into junior high and youth, there were college students who loved Jesus. Cool, 
older, most of them cool, right? Uh, <laughs> older, uh, admirable, and, and our children began to understand the value of the way that those young people were living their lives. And that's a unique opportunity in a church like this because of the way that we've uh, joined together our ministry to students as well as our ministry um, to families. And, and uh, just, just, I would just say, if you have kids and you're not involving them, or you, maybe you're new and you're thinking about it, uh, through uh, really early childhood, all the way through elementary and Club 56 and on into youth, uh, there is this opportunity for your kids to see godly examples of older people uh, who they admire uh, following Jesus. And that is a tremendous, tremendous thing. Um, secondly, maybe you're not bringing, you've got young ones and you don't bring them in here because big church you know, isn't for the kids. It is difficult for younger people to pay attention in a context like this, but it's also a really good skill to develop in your kids because they're not always going to be going to a church that's going to particularly cater to their exact age group. They need to understand how to grow uh, in their uh, taking in of the word. And we had a great idea from friends. We sit over here in the imperial family sat right. We noticed right in front of us that we noticed that their kids were sitting and listening and actually writing things down. These pretty young we're like, what's that? And they had a thing, I think they called it Sundays on Sunday or, or something, and they basically would ask their children to listen, and if they could come up with a few questions, and if they could stump mom and dad, questions based on what the preacher was saying, okay, not just what's the meaning of life, but uh, uh, questions based on the sermon that mom and dad couldn't answer, they'd take them out that day for ice cream Sunday. And it was, it was a great motivation. You can, you know, vary that in any way you want to. But the important point is, getting our children in a place where they're receiving instruction. That's really primarily the discipline of instruction. It also involves conveying instruction at a disciplinary moment, and that, that, comes, uh, that follows. So the second, the discipline via warning, a father corrects or warns against error, the child in whom he delights, uh, and those who rebuke the wicked will have delight. A good blessing will come upon them. So rebuking correction, not only... Uh, is a blessing to the one corrected, because hopefully you're keeping them from error, but also is, interestingly, it indicates is a blessing on the person who's doing it for you as a parent. So this is the regular practice of identifying harmful, evil, foolish behavior, reminding of the consequences that occur, and in terms of poor quality of life, these are biblical, poor quality of life, endangerment of self and others, poor witness, and even death. Severe consequences come from bad decisions, and it's helping our, under, our children understand that. Then uh, there is the discipline via consequences. Now, as we read on, there's my, here's my user warning here. <laughs> uh, try to set aside for a moment the use of the term rod. We're going to talk about that. That is a you know, flashpoint kind of a, an issue these days. Uh, we'll get to that, but I want you to listen to the severity of the surrounding language. Okay, Lack of consequential discipline is very very serious. So, he who withholds a rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. There's a seriousness to those surrounding words there. The rod and reproof give wisdom. That's our goal. And then do not hold back discipline from the child. This is a tough one. Although you strike him with a rod, he will not die. You shall rescue his soul from Sheol. You shall rescue his soul from death. So again, we're going to get to the rod thing but understand that uh, this idea of consequences or, or punishment, this third aspect of discipline, uh, is important because uh, 
uh, warnings don't always get you there. If you have a strong-willed person whose life you're trying to influence in a positive way, and you know that they don't listen to you when you say stop or don't, uh, and you're on a busy street, and there is a curb, and there are cars whizzing by, and they are running toward it, you don't want to have a circumstance where they continue, and they don't listen to your warning. And sometimes children have a tendency not to listen to the warning. So the idea of consequential discipline is that, is that last tool to make sure uh, that in, taking, uh, uh, in giving the warnings, uh, you're being taken seriously. Uh, there was a parenting curriculum when, we were, when our kids were younger, and uh, this person referred to the threatening, repeating parent. And you've all heard situations maybe in the grocery store where the parent is threatening and threatening and threatening and repeating and repeating and repeating. Probably there is an absence of consequential correction in that relationship because the child is not taking seriously the warnings and the parent is having to give the warnings over and over again. There's, there's no effect there. So this is a pretty comprehensive uh, treatment of proverbial discipline, if you will, discipline in the Proverbs. The first two don't tend to be very controversial, but the last one does. So that's where we want to look a little deeper there uh, for some clarity and some balance. And so I, I'm using this term consequential correction, and I think you'll see uh, how this is not spanking per se or some other flash word. This is consistent discipline in a way that is consequential, and the, the true meaning of that word. And the first thing to say is the foundation of it all, the foundation of all discipline is love. Uh, this uh, verse from Proverbs uh, 3, verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. As the father corrects the son in whom he delights. Love is the foundation. Uh, as in the love that God first showed toward us in that gospel that I was explaining a moment ago. But then translated uh, by the loving parent even in the context of discipline. So love, unconditional love. Talk more about unconditional love in just a moment. Is the foundation. Uh, proceeding. Uh, with first the foundation of instruction and warning, those two other types of discipline, this consequential correction needs to be consequential, okay? It is consequential. It needs to have an impact in some way to get the attention of the person uh, uh, being disciplined. And this really varies by the child. If you have an extremely compliant young person, uh, it doesn't take much. Uh, one of ours, uh, I've Promised I wouldn't use names because some of them are in the room. Uh, I'll, try to, I'll try, to, uh, try to keep true to that. Uh, one of ours was extremely, extremely compliant in most things. Um, and uh, it was, uh, it was uh, a matter of, I can think of an example where I was uh, in, looking in a mirror and she was in the hallway behind me and we were kind of having a conversation, you know, through the reflection. Uh, and um, I can't remember what I said that she didn't like, but this is very uncharacteristic of child, but she just, <laughs> and I'm looking, you know, through the reflection, and, and of course, I wanted to laugh, <laughs> and I was hurt, um, and it was disrespectful, which was one of our lines, you know, that was that blatant disrespect was not, not something that get, would get repeated, so I, I turned, and I think the look on my face uh, of the disappointment, and uh, the, 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 she knew. She knew that was, she'd crossed the line, and she melted, absolutely melted. And the opportunity to have a conversation, a corrective conversation about that was just there. Her heart was open. By contrast, there was a 
young man of a family up the street, and if I named the name, you would know the family. Um, uh, this was not a compliant young man. He was a strong, strong, strong-willed young man, and these parents were wrestling with the kind of consequential correction, the kind of discipline that would get through to him, because it would just be continual, continual no, continual rebellion, continual rebellion. They stuck with it. They uh, applied some of the things that we're talking about. They were very diligent and consistent, and this is a young man you, you would know as a, a godly, Christ-honoring young man. He, they, they got him there, you know, but he was headed in a very willful very, very willful direction, headed in the direction of foolishness. So, uh, consequentiality uh, varies by the child. Okay, consequences, what are they? Well, there are natural consequences and there are created consequences. And consequential correction, we're talking about creating consequences that are impactful to the child and that, that uh, make the point, okay? Uh, match the offense, match the child. Natural consequences can be great, and there's a lot of emphasis on natural consequences in parenting nowadays. The problem is, they're often too late. Uh, the example I gave about the child running toward the road, there would be a natural consequence of crossing that curb, and it would be terrible, and it would be too late. Uh, the created consequences in that child's rebellion prior to that need to be directed towards preventing <laughs> the incursion into the terrible natural consequences um, that can, that can occur. Uh, created, here's, here's a great example. The family who we learned this from were in the service this morning. I had to be really careful because the recipient of this correction was in the room as well. Uh, but and she's, she's a grown-up, wonderful young lady now. Um, but they had naughty juice. Okay? So think of the creativity. Uh, look, look down non-corporal. Uh, you know, be, be creative. Okay? Matching, the, matching the offense to the child. Uh, naughty juice was apple cider vinegar. And, uh, and the child had a problem with the mouth, with disrespectful speech, deceitful speech, and uh, the tasting of naughty, ju naughty juice was part of the consequence for mouthing off, okay? And it was great. It's related to the mouth. She hated it. She probably hates it to this day. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's like the verse earlier, you know, the, the child won't die. You know, apple cider vinegar is not going to kill you. You know, it's, it's consumable. Uh, but it was a strong, impactful consequence for this particular child. And as I say, she's, uh, she's turned out great. Uh, the the uh, non-corporal non -corporal forms, you can be super creative. You be I'm, I'm sounding like I'm having fun here. It, it is serious business. But... <laughs> But there's one important thing, and Jeannie and I have talked a lot about this. this is, she likes to share uh, this example of a, of a moment that we, we, weren't, we weren't at our best. You've got to make sure that the consequence is something you can follow through on, okay? Um, and, and in this case, the, the child was having a truth problem, shall we say. And I don't know, we weren't feeling too creative at that moment. Uh, she had a favorite toy. Uh, favorite lovey, you know, little little stuffed animal. Uh, it was a bunny, and at some point in frustration, Jeannie looked down and grabbed the little face and said, "If you lie to me again, you will never see Bunny again." <laughs> <laughs> and we 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 regret that, right? Uh, but it's a great example to share. We'll share from our own experience because you don't want to you don't want to threaten something you can't follow through on. Fortunately, it had a very good impact um, on this one. Uh, but be sure you could enforce it. Uh, and then, so that's, you know, that's just, discipline can be very consequential without the spanking, without the rod. There are lots and lots 
of ways and lots of opportunity. But what is the most famous proverb regarding discipline? Spare the and spoil the, it's not a proverb. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> it's not actually in the Proverbs that way, but we sure, we sure share it, don't we? Uh, what is in Proverbs is he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. There's the rod. Uh, the rod is there in Proverbs, and, you know, we can't, we can't really totally ignore it and... Uh, uh, there's an online resource that I'm going to put up uh, from an article that I'm going to quote uh, in just a moment. It has more. It's one of the best articles I've ever seen written, completely balanced in its perspective, very scriptural from the Evangelical Theology Journal. And uh, you, you probably want to look at that if you have more interest in this topic. I just, is, is, am I on my slide? Uh, regarding corporal punishment, you know, is the rod absolutely necessary or absolutely evil? And I say, probably not. <laughs> That's on, on either one. I know very well-rounded kids who weren't spanked and many who were. The main issue is loving, unconditional love-based discipline and correction. Thoughtful, all those things that we just talked about. If you do, should be extremely limited. Uh, things such as willful rebellion, where there's a real danger to the child because of their rebellious spirit. Habitual disrespect, uh, frequent falsehood should never be in public or in anger, and frequency should subside. It should be young, it should be minimal, not, not in anger, not in any kind of force, um, and it should subside and be for a short time. Uh, if you don't, your chosen alternative form should be profound and attention-getting, kind of things that we've talked about. Uh, beyond your ordinary forms of warning, don't be that threatening, repeating uh, uh, kind of person, clearly appropriate and connected to the circumstances. I think too many families who reject physical discipline will reject consequential correction altogether. And I, I think that, that we've, we've seen from the witness of the Proverbs that consequential correction is extremely, extremely important. So what are some uh, kind of summary facets of cultivating wisdom via discipline? This is the summary from that article I referred to. Wise parents use a variety of levels of discipline when encountering improper behavior, and they use them in increasing severity until the behavior is curbed. Both reasoning, instruction and warning, right, and disciplinary techniques encourage proper behavior. Wise parents start early with age-appropriate disciplinary techniques and are consistent and diligent in their follow-through. It's one of the best summary statements I came across uh, in kind of putting it all together. Uh, so what, what is that uh, what does that mean? What do, we, what do we do? Where do we go? Your child's salvation and your salvation are clearly the most important thing, as I hope I made the case for uh, a while ago. We both need the Holy Spirit. Oops, grace and discipline. Grace, y'all, Proverbs wasn't written in the church era. There's a lot of emphasis on law and performance and behavior. Uh, grace is portrayed by our Heavenly Father as we discussed a minute ago, was not uh, uh, the central idea. You think of the, the, the uh, parable of the prodigal son and the father when that sinful, rebellious son appeared on the road and he very unceremoniously hiked up his garments and ran down the road. So that is the heart of the father towards even the sinful, even the rebellious. And uh, that needs to be illustrated uh, in our parenting and in our discipline. Study God's grace, bask in it, bathe in it, teach it to your children. 
at opportune moments. I would say two things uh, about this. One of ours uh, trusted Christ as a result of the conversation that followed a pretty severe moment of discipline. There was an opportunity to illustrate grace and illustrate the gospel in that carrying out of loving, uh, loving godly discipline. And then Jeannie was reminding of a situation with our son where there was a, a clear offense. Uh, she has a great, uh, had a great practice of asking the child sometimes, what do you think the consequence should be for what just happened? Now, you'll get, you know, silly answers to that. Uh, but over time, they really developed an understanding of the appropriate things. And uh, so they talked through it all. And, and then she said, you know, in, 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 in lieu of the punishment, in lieu of the consequence, I'm going to take you for ice cream. Because that's grace, giving uh, what we don't deserve. So it's a great illustration just to illustrate uh, the grace of God that could be such a part and needs to be such a part of this whole process. I have some quotes from some of my favorite parents. I'm going to blow through those because we're getting over time, but we'll end with, these will be on the, the slides will be online, I believe. Uh, People are more important than things. This is a grace parent. We buy memories, not stuff. We discipline quickly and forgive immediately when asked, no keeping accounts. That's just a, I think that's just a really great summary of kind of all of the things um, that we've been putting together here. So what do we do? Pray. (laughs) Pray for wisdom. Solomon prayed for wisdom. God answered, and we're still benefiting from that as we study the Proverbs today. God answers the prayer for wisdom. He wants you to parent wisely. Ask for wisdom in your parenting. Begin today. Lavish your children. Lavish those you're parenting with unconditional love. Be creative. Be consistent. Be cheesy. Uh, Get the point across. Your, Your children should never doubt that you will love them lavishly regardless of choice or behavior or performance. Um, dads especially, this is where I'm going to kind of key in on you for a moment. Uh, we are key. Uh, moms can be so much better at this than dads as a rule. Um, yet, statistically, countless, huge problems among adolescents and young adults, uh, especially in uh, sexual struggles, um, point back to absent or unaffectionate dads. Lavish your children with love that is unconditional. I, God gave us this somewhere early in our parenting, and I would kind of play a game with our kids. They would bring maybe a great report card with A's on it, and I would say, oh my gosh, that's great. That's so, so wonderful. But you know what? Even if it had been D's and F's, I would still love you. And we'd repeat that over and over I get emotional on this because the greatest day, I think, for me as a dad was the, the point when one of them finished the sentence for me. Said, but you know what? I know, Daddy. You'd still love me. That's the kind of deep into their pores understanding of your lavish, unconditional love for them that they need. And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of reminding. And it's a privilege and a joy uh, to do that as a parent. So, agree soon. Set your goals and your standards, like we talked about. What are your purposes? Set your goals and your standards. Uh, Keep going. You know, agree on those. Keep going. Uh, Consistently uh, give both love and discipline. Don't give up. Uh, Have you been seeing uh, mistakes in your, if you're listening to this and you're going, whew, we haven't been too consistent on that or we haven't done this. This is a good time to start. This is a good time to change your ways. And you can, it's an excellent opportunity to model 
forgiveness, and the asking of forgiveness and the giving of forgiveness, because you might want to talk to your children about, I, I, haven't, I haven't done this for you in the way that I, uh, I have, should have been doing, and, and I ask your forgiveness, and so it's a great moment to model forgiveness and begin to talk to them about what discipline is, why we're doing this, why it's good for them, and then, you know, lather, rinse, repeat, do one through four uh, above. Uh, young people at home with parents. Some of you are young people being parented right now in this room. A couple of things to remember. Your parents' efforts in this protect you. Proverbs 2020, I think. Yeah, okay, that's, that's the right one. We had, a, we had a wrong verse in the first hour. He who curses his father and mother, his lamp will go out in time of darkness. That's kind of an extreme metaphor, and it's one of those things where the, the proverb isn't, you know, making a, a concrete statement. You're not going to live the rest of your life in darkness with no lamp. The idea is if you, if you are a cursor of your mother and father, uh, your life's not going to go well for you. Living in darkness would be a very, very, very bad thing. Um, so remember that your parents' efforts are there to protect you. Your parents' efforts will bless you. If you seek wisdom as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. And then finally, just that Pauline passage from Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. The commandments, you know, are listed uh, boom, boom, boom. Only one of them has a promise, and that's this one. Honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Uh, honoring your parents as young people throughout your life is, is something that God richly blesses. It's difficult if you don't feel your parents are honorable. You can find a way to show that. Sometimes it changes the heart of the, of the dishonorable parent. Uh, so, Work with us, young people. That's the, that's the main, main point in those. And then finally, parents, parent and community. This is not a loner's uh, task, uh, not to be done alone. We offer home builders class. The iteration of the home builders class that was active when we were young parents was invaluable to us because it was centered. The class was centered on Sunday mornings on raising children. We have a home builders class uh, going on now. You can get more information from that about that in the Welcome Center. Other uh, 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 home churches and other Sunday morning groups, other grace groups are designed to put you in community. Uh, we can find one where there's people at the same age and stage that you are in order to encourage you and then build up your marriage. Uh, build up, if you build up your marriage, you build up your kids. Um, uh, just so, so super important. And we have the, the best tool, I think, for those who've been married a while is re-engage, which starts again this fall. And you will want to be on the lookout for that. Because of the length of time and all the material, we're going to close, and we're going to be done. We're not going to come back to worship. So I'm going to lead us in prayer, uh, and, then, and then we'll go out. Father, uh, so much to talk about, and I just thank you uh, that again and again and again and again, your word uh, is, is full uh, of, of things we need and is sufficient for doing life well, and especially uh, in this area of parenting. And so I just thank you for your instruction. I thank you for the clarity of it. I pray that it's been conveyed uh, in wisdom and that each person, whether they're encouraging some young parents or they are parents themselves or a, a young person encouraging their parents, God, that we would be able to walk away from here with uh, application uh, and truth uh, that will just help us to live skillfully, to live wisely and to avoid uh, the foolishness of, of the unwise. 
So, uh, Father, we thank you for, again, the time together, the time to worship you. Thank you for the, the dads here today. Lord, pray your blessing on them as families celebrate together. Uh, Father, and we, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.